Yes, my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. Oh, look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good evening, Constance. Good evening, beautiful. I like us on nights, Con. Me too. It's so much sexier. It's so us, you know. Yeah, you've got a really sexy, smooth voice. Now that we've done nights, you've changed. So do you, actually. (laughs) You've changed too. If you missed us last year, we are the Queen Sesh. And we used to be on mornings. Now we're on Sunday nights. And my co-host here and bust friend is Constance (laughs) Hall. And I saw, Con, you actually, you cracked the 1.2 mil uh, I did, yeah. We've been week. saying that I had for a while, but I actually hadn't. Yeah. And now I have. Congratulations. So that's Thank you. you. You know, kind of a big deal on Facebook. She's a writer. She's a blogger. And I'm Annalise, her best mate. And Who's we, also a massive deal. Massive deal. You know, I'm I, not sure where. <laughs> my, my dad is a, a huge fan of the show huge and fan. me. Every time that we do a post in the Queen session, there's a one comment. I just know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots to get through tonight. Um, but next con, a sport has axed the use of sexy girls on the sidelines. Find out why next on the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. This week, Con, in a bid not to objectify women, Formula One have announced they're ditching grid girls. I'm actually all for it. We're women. We have other, we have more skills than waving flags around in tight clothes. Okay. Well, this could get awkward now because we have a former Supercars grid girl and current Supercars reporter with us, Rihanna Crean. What are your thoughts on this? Personally, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I think it's a real shame that um, we're going to lose, you know, the girls from, from the F1. And um, I think they add a huge amount of colour. I think they bring a huge amount of glamour. What are the prerequisites to be a grid girl? If someone that looked like me, for instance, was to waddle out there and wave a flag around, <laughs> would that be no, no, no go zone? Or? <laughs> Look, I, it, I mean, it's all different because I think it depends what you're talking about in terms of grid girl. Like if it's specific for the Formula One, they are quite they are quite specific in what they require. Like I couldn't even be a Formula One grid girl because I'm not tall enough. I'm I'm quite a, a shorty. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't even you know I wouldn't even uh, qualify for that. Mm. But so you, it's you kind of like a modelling gig. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and they're very professional, and they they actually have to audition. It's actually quite a prestigious gig to get. So you don't think I'd get qualified? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think that you would. With your like seven kids running that, after you, I'm heroin. a good talker. I can usually talk my way through most interviews. <laughs> but so Rihanna, you you were a grid girl, maybe not for Formula One, but you were a grid girl. Yes, I did it for a couple of different. Sports. I did it for, for motorbikes and, and for supercars, and it, it led me to the career that I have now because it was a. I used it as a stepping stone. I um, made some fantastic um, connections with, with people in the business, and and I was interested in a, a job in media. Um, that sort of was a, a direction that I wanted to take, and I used that yeah that, so that it, job that I had back then. To, so it, to, it got you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely, very absolutely, hundred percent. So the the reason they've given to Axe Grid Girls is it's in a bid not to objectify women. Did you ever feel objectified when you were doing that job? No, absolutely not. And I think, you know, I think people probably don't quite understand. We're not, you know, girls aren't being forced into that role. I think there's two very different types of, of, 
good girls. It very much depends what you wear, how you carry yourself, you know, how you're portrayed when you're when you're doing that particular job. There's certainly girls that wear less lycra when they're doing that role, and, and maybe they could be seen as being objectifying women. But then, you know, that's that's their, that's what they want to do. Is it more about what the audience and the children and the young girls watching are thinking than it is about the consenting adults who are standing there being the grid girls? Like I could, if I was tall and slim, I'd quite happily be a grid girl too. But is it more about the fact that these young girls are watching these men kick goals and smash it while they're driving and everyone's heroing them and then these like spunky little chicks on the side? Mm. I think so. And I think, um, you know, we've obviously got this movement at at the moment of, of equality and, and giving, you know, women empowerment and all that sort of thing, which I am absolutely, you know, a, a champion for 100%. But, um, but, but I think that we can have both. I think that, you know, isn't it not empowering to, to be doing what you want to do? Um, I felt extremely empowered when I was an ambassador for supercars and mm. in that role um, as a mystery at supercar. Maybe we could just make it more equal by going, we're going to bring some grid boys to the next. Just (laughs) grid people. I want to see grid boys at my next Mother's Afternoon Tea. We did have that. We had it on the Gold Coast a few years back. We had some grid boys. Um, They didn't didn't take off as well as what some of the girls would have wanted, but we did have grid boys. (laughs) There you go, Con. We've solved it. Grid people. Exactly. And we're not quitting our day jobs. No, because I don't think that you will ever make it as a good anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's keep the conversation going. What do you think? Tell us on the Queen Sesh Facebook. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Con, this week you put out some really... Big hitting Facebook posts, some highs and lows. I, you know, it was it was a spare of the moment decision to bitch about my husband on um on my Facebook. I yes. haven't really done that much because I'm head over heels in love with him, and everyone knows that. But the man won't clean. Ugh. He won't do anything around the house. He and I have to like yell at him, ask him, winch. He gets angry at me for being a nag, and I'm just like washing. You know when you're angry, clean like you're mm. making loud noises because and you're swearing at everybody, and you're like, yeah, well maybe if I wasn't the only person who has to do it. Thing around here, nah, 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 nah. and I just went, Ugh. so you know, I sat down and I wrote this post, tapped and it, was it about- out. You tapped yeah. it out. Yeah. It made me feel better as well. Like, and then I, it, I lost all my anger because I realised that half the world is agreeing with me. <laughs> and uh, I was You're like... You're not alone. You know, yeah, I'll wait till the end. <laughs> anyway, you know, the post was about the fact that I can ask you, I can write you a list. Everybody says you just got to ask them. Men aren't mind readers. You need to write lists. And I was like, fine. So I started doing that. And, yeah, he was doing a bit more and going to Woolworths and, you know, doing the school lunch or whatever it is that I needed him to do. But then when I stopped asking, he stopped doing. And what was annoying me is the mental load that Mm. I then, I am still the one who has to look, do that overlook of the whole house and go, do we have enough food for tomorrow's lunches? Do we have milk for tomorrow's breakfast? Do like, is the other clothes clean for school? You know, blah, 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 blah. And I also work, you know, like I've just got too much going on in my head. And my auntie once said to me, you know, it's about the balls. You're juggling too many balls. If you can hand a ball over to someone else or a couple of balls, then you don't have to juggle those balls anymore. Why can't you just take responsibility and look in the fridge and go, oh, okay, we're low on this. Actually, what are we going to do for dinner? I might have to go and get, you know, why do I always have to be the one to do that? I just don't know. It's not know my job. Without a list, how they become that. Because if they've, they've never had that skill to begin with, you don't just develop it. But it's not my job to teach them that skill either. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not. Like, you need to learn that skill. You need to understand that you're part of a family and that's a team mm. and that you need to step up. And, you know, it, I could rave about this for hours because <laughs> it, 
really pisses me off because I'm a woman. Yes. It, it comes down to the fact that I'm a woman and I care. And whoever cares the most about the fact that kids are going to school with toothpaste on their top or, you know, like the beautiful big packed lunches full of fruit and bickies and whatever else they want to bring, whoever cares the most about that does it. Because if I just stop doing it, then he's not going to do it and then it just doesn't get done. I think we do put pressure on ourselves and it is different now because women work, you know, we didn't used to work. So it used to be a lot easier. It used to be a lot more clearly defined and now it's not anymore. So how do we, how do we get it right? How do we evolve? We're evolving everywhere else in the world except in the home. We're not evolving in the home. We're just doubling our workload because mm. we're working professionally and we're working at home and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm just really pissed off. I'm tired and I'm angry. I'm old. I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> All right, well, Con, you and know I'm what? Unappreciated. <laughs> and we are very lucky to have one of the relationship experts with over 20 years of private practice experience, John Aiken, with us. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hey, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to another uh, instalment of Married at First Sight. I know. So, that so do you sit around with sweet. popcorn watching every episode? <laughs> well, I try to. I mean, my wife's hooked, so we sort of sometimes she gets the girlfriends around and we sort of scream yes. at the TV. Yes. Now, does your wife is your wife going to leave you for Telv? Because I'm planning on leaving my husband for Telv. <laughs> <laughs> He's divine. No when Telv comes on the screen, she nudges me and says, "John, lift your game." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. He, His he, kindness he, just oozes out of him, yeah. doesn't it? And that's one of the great things with Telp. He's an emotionally intelligent guy. Yes. He's able to calm Sarah down when she has those needy moments. And, um, you know, I think guys right around Australia do need to take note of that. Mm. Yeah, a new Australian idol on our hands. Everyone needs emotional <laughs> intelligence. I swear sure. by that. Um, now, I have a problem and I need your advice. Mm. You're a relationship mm. expert. So my husband and I wrote a post about this and it seemed to resonate with quite a lot of Australian women. Hundreds of thousands. Violent. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. It reached five million people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really pissed off at our husbands because they're not doing anything around the house. Like they're actually leaving it up to us and they'll do things if we ask them to do it, but we are still carrying the mental load of all the housework, even though it's 2018 and we're working as well and we're doing, you know, like we are doing our equal share when it comes to financial contribution as much as we can considering there's an 18% pay gap, but we'll talk about that later. And... I'm starting to feel like I'm at my wit's end. And I just, you know, my cousin's a psychologist and she said to me, Con, you can always change a man's behaviour, but you'll never change his belief system. And that was depressing. I know, but it was depressing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do? do How do I fix this? So the question is, how do you get a little bit more, um, well, housework done from your other half without having to constantly remind him? Without the list. How do I get him to develop those eyes for the house that go, oh, this isn't, we need to do this or that should be done or I've got to prepare dinner or whatever. Like how do I get him to be actually, yeah. Yeah, well, this is a, it is a tricky one because, you know, you do have some people that just don't seem to get it um, regardless of how many times you tell them. But, you know, what I would do is uh, firstly, um, if you're going to bring anything up with him, uh, bring it up softly. And just, uh, if you need him to make a, some sort of action, you'd, you'd ask him, well, how would you feel about doing whatever? Ooh, uh, that's I like a good that. way. That's a good way to get him on board without getting him defensive because typically what we do is we say, when are you going to yeah, or well, how why many haven't times you? have I got mm. to tell you or why yeah. haven't you? So when you ask uh, something in a soft way that's inclusive, like, hey, darling, how would you feel about taking out the 
you are uh, getting him engaged. So I would I would initially start with that uh, because that might um, start turning him on more to it. The other thing I'd do with him is I would say, um, hey, um, this is a situation, we're both in it together. How do you reckon we can do this better? So you use a lot of we's with him mm, rather than yeah. you and what you need to do. Different. How can we change this up and see what yeah. he comes up with? Yep. It's funny because when I try to talk to him about it, he really shuts down and just sort of like ignores me. And I almost feel like he knows that I love him more than I hate housework. So I will sort of just put up with his laziness. And I don't want to be that person. I want to make him think no. that I don't love him that much. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I would I would um, try and – it's all about trying to bring it up in a way that doesn't create defensiveness. And, and one of the ways is to, to say, look, this is a situation, uh, how are we going to do this moving forward? And hopefully he sort of feels – more like, uh, okay, um, as a team, we could do it this way. Uh, and he feels more included in it all. Mm, yes. I like that. And it's yeah, very important I do to do it now, Con, because you've got another baby on the that's way. It's only going to get out. harder. I know. That's what's stressing yeah. me out because I know what men do when babies come. They, yeah, they you know, reveal yeah. their true colours. <laughs> oh, of course they do. Oh, absolutely. You know, so uh, have this conversation before the arrival of the next one. Yes. Okay. I like that because it's right. It's all about your approach, isn't it? Mm. It's all about it a lot. And I do think softly, that he... Generally speaking, conversations yeah. go very well. Uh, first three minutes really are the key to it. Uh, whereas if, you, if you've if got a, a sort of first sour tone minutes, or you're very like direct... Yep. Uh, or Which I you, can be, John. Well, we can all just uh, come out of the box a little bit hard at times. Yes. But ultimately, if that happens in the first three minutes... Generally speaking, the uh, conversation goes south pretty quickly. But that's what the resentment does to me, though, John. Like, I go, hey, can you do this and this? And he's like, ugh. And then he might drag his head and do it, or he might not do it at all. And so then I'll just start stomping around the house, yeah. and everyone can hear me, and I'm telling everyone, I'm talking to myself. You know how embarrassing that is? And you're talking to yourself, going, I have to do everything <laughs> around here, man. <laughs> and you look back, and you look like a psycho, but it's because no one's helping you. Yeah, yeah very right. Oh, we're feeling your pain. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> So, okay, now while I've got you, I just want to ask another question. Um, if, are you, is your relationship like perfect or do you, no. is it like, you know how like, because I'm a hairdresser, I've got feral hair. Is it like your relationship's a mess because all you ever do is look after everyone else's? Well, look, I've got to say, um, look, if you ask my wife, she'd say John certainly gets things wrong. Uh, so the, the key is is making sure that, um, or two things really. The first thing is that when you do get it wrong, uh, you repair as, as quickly as you can. So you kind of hold out that olive branch and really uh, move forward um, fast rather than having a cold shoulder for days on end. So that's the first thing that we would do. Mm. And the second thing That's so that good, do, John. I love that advice because I hate cold shoulders. Yeah, no, it's no good. And it just carries on everything. And the second thing I'd say is we do uh, little things daily and often that bring each other close. So it might be a little coffee in the morning or, you know, we might uh, binge watch a couple of episodes at, at night of something or, you know, I'll uh, mm. do a lunch while she's doing something else. So we're always doing little things uh, that connect us all the time. And little things daily and often is much more powerful than grand gestures once a month, yes. like flowers or a night out. Yes. So little things all the time. And if you do that, you basically, it doesn't matter if you get it wrong, you generally speaking, um, you know, you can be much stronger uh, as a couple. 
And that's what I try to do. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's great because I always find when we've got a Netflix series that we're both loving that we end up, you know, getting on better because we both want to go to bed and watch it, whereas, like, when we've got nothing that's sort of connecting us. That's a very pregnant thing to say, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I've got to look forward to. The the other thing, interestingly, is, you know, going to bed at the same time, that's a little ritual that connects Mm, couples. Ritual, And a lot of of them, when they aren't doing very well, they've stopped going to bed together at the same time. They don't eat meals together. They don't have lunches uh, at uh, work anymore. They don't get up and have a little coffee in the morning or stop exercising together. All that little uh, stuff, that daily stuff that connects you drops away and that's when you get into trouble. Mm. And do you find that that happens like really commonly when a baby comes? Because you sort of go to the baby schedule and you can't eat with anyone else because you have to eat when the baby's asleep and, yeah, you really drop out of the relationship. That's right. And so one of the key things that your man has to do is he has to really get on board with your world and what it's like. So he needs to know, you know, the type, the feeding times and how to uh, change the baby and what formula and, uh, mm. you know, what, uh, how to put them in the baby seat and everything. They mm. have to get I on board with agree. that. And Otherwise, I think things that like- you, know, you drift apart. Absolutely. I remember my mum told me that every time she got up to breastfeed me or my sister, my dad would get up and make her a cup of tea. And I just got so jealous and I thought that was so beautiful. Just to let them know, I know it's hard for you, but I'm here as well. And, you know, I know I can't breastfeed, but I'll change the nappy. I'll do, I'll make it. And that makes it so much easier if you don't have to do the nappy and the feeding. That's right. That's right. The, The more you know about your partner's inner world... Uh, the stronger the bond you've got. So, yep. and it's particularly important when a new arrival comes along because that's uh, that's one of the key times when couples really get under strain. That that, mm. that baby comes along and relationship uh, satisfaction oh, it's make or really break, drops. Isn't it? mm. yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Solid gold advice there. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I really hope Denim's listening, Con. Oh, Denim will listen, chat. don't you worry. Oh, I didn't let him worry. listen be, last she'll week. She'll be bringing I... this home to him. She's probably got it transcribed <laughs> as we speak. Absolutely, hey, uh, John. Meredith, for a sight, who's your favourite couple? Oh, Telvin, Sarah, yeah, come definitely. on. The others are all a bit... Ooh. I was so stressed out when Sarah walked out and she was talking about what she'd been through. She was talking to you. And um, I thought to myself, oh, please don't let her be with a dickhead, please. She's been through <laughs> so much. And I know you guys are crafty like that. Sometimes you like chucking chicks with dickheads because of the ratings. <laughs> and you did it this time. You friggin' nailed it and I was like in tears because I'm pregnant and Denim was like can you turn it down? (laughs) And I was like no I'm in love with Telv. (laughs) Well there's plenty more to come this week so uh, hang on tight because obviously you get more weddings but you also see the honeymoons of uh, certain couples and you know for some of them they get much closer but for others real cracks start to appear. Yes, that's what we like. We like watching the cracks of other people's relationships. Makes us feel better about ours. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, John. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure, guys. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. This week, Con was a big week because the kids went back to school. I completely forgot to ask you how Freddie went going to school. Because is he in pre-primary? It's his first year of big school. It's, it's yeah. called everything different around the country, but it's okay. the first, it was his first day. So when does he go to year one though? Next year. Next year. Okay. So it's like pre-primary. What, I don't know what they yeah, call it. They call what it kinder, kindy, pre, pre-primary. Okay. It's the same thing around the country, yep. all called It's the year things. before. And is he there five days a week? Yes. Big yeah, school. Yeah, right. It's a huge difference. Huge. And, um... You know, all on Facebook, I saw all these beautiful posts from people I know and, you know, everyone's celebrating, champagne, double fist pumping, wrapped their kids are off to school. Yeah. And 
because it's exciting. We've got some free time. No, I'm, I'm in grief. Oh I'm grieving. God. You are so painful. I'm I've never met anyone as clingy as you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very poor. <laughs> Freddie was Freddie fine, just like a little soldier. I, I could see he was like overwhelmed, but all week he's been like, "Is it tomorrow? How many more sleeps? I'm going to oh. big school." And he's like, "Are you okay, Mum? Are you crying yet? Are you crying?" Yet? <laughs> Oh my god, the poor thing! He's got like the emotional burden of you on his shoulders. I know, right? And his yeah. and his little brother because his little brother's crying. He's like, "I'm gonna miss you," and we're Aww. all like, "We need him. We need you, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, you Don't do go need to Freddie. <laughs> you and Artie are so like out of control. Like you actually need him. He's the only civilized member of your family. I know. He, he's, he's the glue that holds us together. And now he's abandoned us, and I'm devastated. Oh. Oh, it's not that bad. You get used to it, trust me. Arlo went to year one, first day of year one, and he was so brave. Remember last year he had separation anxiety, screamed the house down, screamed the school down, nothing. No, he just sat there like a brave little man with all his books. Oh, no, killed me, killed me. I was like, you sure you're not upset? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a little tear can come out. It's fine. You're not going to miss me? Do you want me to stay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, that's absolutely beautiful. I I was crying more than the kids that were actually there crying. Like I was the worst person there and I just don't ever want to go back. Yeah, I I wouldn't either because that is really humiliating. I know. Thanks for understanding. (laughs) (laughs) The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. A new study reveals that about 80% of men feel insecure about their bodies. Doesn't that break Mm. your heart? Uh, It doesn't, it doesn't. You know, welcome to our world. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, these, these are the sort of main areas of concern. Weight around the middle. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, that's actually the dangerous zone to have weight, so mm-hmm. it's a good idea to get working on that, boys. Uh, that they're too short. <laughs> oh, okay. Too that's a bit heartbreaking. Too hairy. Yeah. And receding hairline. Oh, yeah, it does break my heart a yeah, bit, actually, because they're all the qualities that, you know, like, Makes them I don't them. mind. Yeah, who cares about that sort of stuff? Mm. But I thought that you meant because, like, that they were um, insecure about, like, their penises because no. you know how, like, a naked man can look a bit awkward with, like, a dangling penis? Yeah, I think we, everyone's moved on from the penis and now they're sort of focusing on other areas. And it also said that seven in ten men said they feel so self-conscious they refuse to let their partner see them naked. Wow, that's crazy. With the lights on. How would you go through your whole life without letting anyone see you naked? There's been a few times where I've looked in the mirror and I've gone, Jesus Christ, (laughs) I've really (laughs) let some things go. (laughs) But never to the point where I turn the light off. I'm just like sucked in. This is payback for not doing the dishes. You have to wake up next to me. (laughs) (laughs) And do you know what? The other thing that's interesting that it said was that the pressure is coming from other men. Wow. Well, that's the same with women, isn't it? No, but like, see, I can't. I would never say to you, babe, your stomach's looking a bit, you, you know. You wouldn't say it to me, but, and you, you're different because you're like a queen, yeah. but a lot of women would go, oh, did you see her in her bathers? Like, she's really hairy or she's had this or she's got that or, you know, like a lot of, and I don't, I feel like any time I've ever gotten naked in front of a guy, he couldn't give a shit what I looked like. He was just stoked that I was naked in front of him. Yeah. So I feel like other women and ourselves are the ones that put pressure on us. And if it's similar for men, you know. Do you know what happened to my husband? About a year ago, his brother said to him, mate, your rig looks disgusting. <laughs> and do you know what he did from That's that so comment? mean. It, it was. Is that when he went on his... Yes. His, he lost yeah, 17 right. kilos. Can Clarence's brother come and have a chat to me? <laughs> <laughs> 
Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Huge news this week, Con, because the Therapeutic Goods Administration put into place that all codeine-containing painkillers will need a prescription, which is huge, right? I actually had to Google because I didn't know what was codeine and what it was. All right, mm. so it's Panadine, Nurofen Plus, Macindol, cold and flu products like Codril. That one got me. Um, and Demison. You love a Codril? I love Codril. <laughs> they all need a doctor prescription. One friend in particular I have has been addicted to Nurofen Plus. Mm. I'm talking a packet a day, more. Wow. So... What that does to your insides with the ibuprofen, I'm not a doctor, I don't know, like, exact, but it shreds you apart, you know, and it makes you so constipated. And anyone who's got poo problems like me knows that being constipated for too long is not a good thing for your bowels. So... When you do need to get the prescription, you can just get codeine without all the other nasties in it. And I think that get that, that is a better idea than being able to just go chemist shopping you know, that's what these people do. They go from one chemist to another to another another because you can't go to the same chemist every day and pick up a, a packet of Nurofen Plus that get on to you. There's going to be a class action on their hands. It's an addictive product and it's no good for you to take in those high doses. It can cause all sorts of things. I've done heaps of research on it. When this friend of mine was withdrawing off it, she was just in a world of agony, but she did it. She's amazing. She got through it. It was really difficult and I thought, far out, I can't believe this drug is available for everybody to buy. Now, I get migraines and sometimes Nurofen Plus is the only thing that will get my get rid of my migraine. But apart from that, normal Panadol gets rid of my headaches. Mm, but I think it's it, it's the chronic pain sufferers. I think they're the people that are going to be... That well, then will they not out. be getting big prescriptions? Like, yeah. I mean, I suffer from ulcerative colitis and asthma and I've constantly got to go to the doctor to renew my... But you get big prescriptions so you don't have to go all the time. I don't know. I, I, do, I do feel for those people but I also see the other side with, with the addicts. Mm, and you think it and will help the people that are abusing it? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You've got a doctor shop. It's way harder to doctor shop than chemist shop. It's the, it, the same old way the, with everything when someone's like doing something responsibly and then someone's doing something irresponsibly, it sort of ruins it for everybody. But like, it has to be done. We've got to worry about these young people that are just, you know. Yeah. Well, interesting one. See how it pans out. Um, let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Search The Queen Sesh. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. This week, Con, you released an epic documentary-style film of your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and these are the days of our lives. <laughs> and it was a real hit. It was a massive hit. It was so fantastic. It was really vulnerable and really open and just us. And it was so good to just, like, not have any channels or, you know, like anything telling us how we had to be. Like, we could just be us. Mm. And you obviously make an appearance in the video. Yeah, a few cameos. Um, yeah, my mum does, like, mention something about porn and I thought she was actually best on ground. She was my favourite character. <laughs> I know she did really well, Mum. And somebody else that was that was a huge hit in the video, oh. who you may recognise from my live shows. Anyone that might have come to one, he is my MC and one of mine and Annalise's oldest and bestest friends, oh. Hugh Ryan. Wouldn't say bestest. Welcome, Hugh. Hey, hey, babe. Your mom con. I think she needs her own show. I know, right? <laughs> mum and yeah. Hugh. Oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> With, with the dad from the castle. I mean, they could be like two horny grandparents. Oh, She's not goodness. old enough to be a horny grandparent. No. She still thinks of herself as 18. She's a good-looking woman. 
<laughs> gross, Thanks Hugh. You. You're so gross. Okay, so as you can tell, Hugh is really, he's gagging for love. <laughs> and Con and I have taken it upon ourselves. We're turning the Queen Sesh into The Bachelor. I've gone on my Instagram and I've asked people for advice about Hugh's tindering because mm. Hugh's just decided it's time to stop being a playboy, running around the country, running around the world. He wants to settle down. He wants to find love. And me and Annalise don't know that much about finding love in 2018 because we haven't the digital era of funding love. We don't know anything about it, do we? No, we don't. So we, we put a I really of... enjoy it, though. Like, oh, I yes. swipe. I swipe the <laughs> out of Hugh's Tinder mm. and it's fun and amazing. Hugh, have you had many matches? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. Nah, mm. not really. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we're, we're going to help you out. We're going to take you under our cuddly wing. We've put a picture of you on our Queen Sesh Facebook page. We want to know from any queens... Are you looking for love like you? Do you like what you see? Do you like what you hear? Look, it's going to take a special kind of girl. But, but also, if you don't like what you see or hear, have you, have you got any advice for us to pass on to him? We want to hear love, online dating advice. We want to hear from women who want a bit of Hugh. Mm-hmm. Can't blame them. Mm, oh, you can. But anyway, Hugh, have you got any final quite, words quite that you want to add to this? Yeah, sell quite yourself, try. Yeah, quite looks the like package. Patrick Swayze. Oh, you, know, I'm only, you know, it's hard to sell yourself. On air, you know, just oh. check out some photos, check out some vids, you know. Just, <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I love kids. He does I love, love kids. I'm funny, you know. Very. Life, and the kids love you. Good. Yeah. Cause so you're open for a single mum. I like that because mm-hmm. we just had an incident on Married at First Sight where it was seemed to be a bit of a drama. Mm. That's the reality of life. After your mid-20s, like, that, if you're dating anyone, the chances of already been married or they've got a kid. All right. Exactly. Next week on the Queen Sesh, just in time for Valentine's Day, it's The Bachelor. The Queen Sesh goes batch. Batch, batchy. Cool. The baggy. We're going to find you a girlfriend. <laughs> the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. It's The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. And Con, we're bringing back Queen Vice this week. Somebody has written in with an advice question. So this one I find particularly relatable. And I think you're going to have a lot of insight onto it, into it. All right. So this queen wants to remain anonymous. And she said, how do you decide whether to have another baby or not? I have two awesome school age boys over the last year. I've yearned to have another and to be a mum again. But my husband and I are terrified of possible complications with another birth. So it looks like she's had some sort of medical stuff. So heavy bleeds, both the previous times, and a retained placenta with the second, which I don't know what that means. Would I be tempting fate doing it again? Am I just being selfish in wanting one more baby? Now, that is relatable. Isn't it always the third baby mm. that you want wonder whether or not you should have? And, you know, I think any third children out there are glad that people do have them. <laughs> but, you know, there's often a family has that one kid that everyone thinks they shouldn't have had. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, medical things are different, completely different, different kettle of fish to whether or not you should have another baby because, you know, that's, I can't, I am personally having a couple of complications with this pregnancy and I have started thinking, have we tempted fate? We've got so many healthy, beautiful kids. You know, was that enough? Was it greedy to have another one and, and that sort of stuff? So I understand the anxiety around that and I can't answer that. Neither of us can No, really. doctor, like, absolutely for that. But having yeah. a third is a hu- everyone. So many people I know are going through this. I feel yeah. it from time to time. I've yeah. got two. Should I have another one? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone that's got two thinks about it. And you know what I think you need to go on a level of like one being love and ten being I can't stand the sound of you breathing. Mm. Where's the relationship sitting? 
You know, because the relationship's not going to get any better with more kids. No. It's only going to get worse. Definitely. Or maybe long-term stronger, I don't know. But that's what you need to ask yourself. Like, I think you only have more kids when you're in a really good place. Mm. Do you know what it is, though? So I, my youngest is about to turn three. So I, I'm out of baby land. I know. And now I'm like, I it's really want another bubble. kid. I want another kid. But I look at a, a, a 12-month-old crawling around, putting everything in their mouth, crying. And oh, my I'm God, like, stop. Not I'm, getting, I'm getting these feelings as well. Every time I see a baby, I think, oh, my God, why am I doing this again? Yes. But do you know what? I think, like, I was out of the maternal bubble. My twins are, like, three and a half now. And you can have another baby without actually getting slipping back into the maternal bubble. Mm. You know, like, you don't read baby books or, like, you know, converse about what's the best plan. Like, you just don't care about patterns. that sort of stuff anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and you just sort of take it as it comes. And it, to me, it's all a countdown. It's a mental countdown. And I'd really, you know, when I had the twins, when I got pregnant with the twins, I was counting down till four. And now I have to start the countdown again. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> you know, like I just got to rewind the clock and it's just a bit more hard work. But then there are some really lovely moments there as well. And I'm a big family kind of gal. You know, my dad was one of four million and my mum was one of three million. And now <laughs> so you're about to have six million yourself. Exactly. Seven million. <laughs> I know. Like I love it. I love big fat chaos, but not everyone does. Mm. All right. Well, that's us for another week. Please reach out and get in touch on our Facebook page, The Queen's Thank Sesh. you for listening, Queens. I hope you have a lovely Sunday. Night. Have a beautiful evening. A show for Queens by Queens with no topic to taboo. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise.